Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. First off today, we are going to have a little series recap, which was created with the help of a number of our season one hosts. The prompt that I gave each of our hosts was, what are some of the important moments from season one, and what are some of your favorite moments from season one? And so we're just going to get a smattering of what those moments and incidents were. These are in no particular order. You're going to hear from Jacob, Rennie, Hannah, and myself in this segment. What is an important moment from the season? Not your favorite moment, but like, what is something you would put in as a like, this is an important moment from season one, from the episodes that you saw, the like four or five random episodes that you saw. The four, the four episodes that I saw, and the only four episodes that I saw, because <laughs> I did not watch on my own time because I ain't got time for that. And Fair. I honestly can't think of something. You were there when we first met Meg. Yeah, she's a horny bitch. That's a, that's probably the most important thing I can think of. Okay. Like uncomfortably horny. Yeah, which continues in the finale. Yes, made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. That was pretty important. Yeah, it's an so important character trait that we've gotten from Meg so far. Yeah. Um, I've talked a lot about um, Papa. Um, what are your impressions of? Uh, I don't know. He could be a dick. He could be <laughs> not a dick. My uh, indication from your guys' talking that is that, yes, he is a dick. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of expecting him to continue in that role. Yeah, that's fair. My second question is, what has been your favorite moment from the season? You watched. You I watched, watched the Scarecrow one. Yeah, you watched Scarecrow. Yeah. You watched um, the Benders. Oh yeah. You watched. Um, the first one with Meg, which one, I don't remember what it was called. You watched the first one with Meg. You watched Provenance with Sarah, the art dealer. Yep. And you watched the finale. Those are your five episodes. Okay. Um, what was your favorite of those five that you saw? Probably the Benders. That's I what I thought. That, yeah. I liked that one the most, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that episode is definitely my favorite. Uh, I like, you know what? You know what's my favorite? I like how much of an influence I have on you in this podcast. <laughs> That's fair. The fact that I made you change uh, significant deaths. <laughs> to, 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 to include all of the deaths. All of the deaths. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a good change. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a cop out to say that Sam choosing Dean in this episode might have been my favorite um it's what comes to mind both because it's recent and because it's sort of a culmination of that sibling tension that I'm so fond of mm-hmm. um the other thing that keeps coming to mind is I do just genuinely adore faith and I think that being so early um in the season now sitting on the finale looking back just the sort of with John here now missing a little bit the unexpected softness of the brothers with each other only yeah okay so one important moment I think in season one is the episode faith where um Dean is dying and Sam's trying to find a cure for him and there's just a lot of discussion about um death and uh family <laughs> um loyalty and like what it means to like love someone I guess and um 
I guess, like respecting their wishes versus um, doing what you think is best for them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think um, the discussion we had, the discussion that was had during that episode of the podcast too was really like, I think we covered a lot of the um, big themes in the show are kind of recapped in that episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the concepts of, well, faith and belief and who do you believe in and why and who do Dean and Sam believe in. And we also get, you know, Reapers for the first time in that episode. And yeah, the question of like worthiness, the questions of who survives and and um, why, who gets, who gets chosen to survive. And we have the line, um, spoken to Dean about, you know, there's big plans for you. You have a purpose and it's not completed kind Mm -hmm. of launching us into the rest of the season. And the show. (laughs) Yeah. And the show Um, and the show. That idea is revisited a lot about Dean having a purpose and him not necessarily always being okay with that. The the important moment that I noticed in the finale um, this time around watching it was when John is possessed and he's asking Sam to kill him um, because he wants to kill Yellow Eyes. And um, Sam can't do it. And and Dean is lying on the floor pleading with him. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Because the whole argument during that episode is Sam and John want to do, want to kill the thing that killed mom and Jess, no matter what. And Dean wants to protect family. He's like, no, it's not no matter what. Um, it's no matter what, except family. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if I lose uh-huh. you, what was the point? We've, now I've lost Mary, mm-hmm. we've lost Jess, and now I've also lost you. And that's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that, like, that argument of kind of, like, do the job no matter what or do the job no matter what except for family is, is very recurring um, in the show. And that's really... Um, like really explored in the finale of season one and that kind of fight between the Dean, Dean and Sam kind of flip their positions on it throughout the series. Yeah. Um, but that fight is continual of like, what is worth sacrificing for this job that we do? Yeah. Yeah. And that is really the big question that comes to the head at the end of this season yep. is what choice are they going to make? So today on this recap episode, we're just going to be talking about some of our favorite moments from this season, some of our favorite episodes, some highs and lows, and assigning some awards for some characters throughout this season. We'll start with, um, I want to start with a high and a low of the season in terms of episodes. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And, And why? Well, I think like the worst, I think the worst episode of the season is definitely Bugs. Oh, definitely. So bad that we skipped it. <laughs> the one episode we've, we've skipped all, all season and probably one of the only ones, at least for a while, one of the only episodes we will legitimately not talk about. It's just not worth talking about. It's such a bad plot and it's racist and just terrible in every way. <laughs> <laughs> we yes oh, yes what's your high episode of the season the high episode is really hard for me I feel like season one is one of the seasons that had the most amount of good like one-off episodes yeah I forgot honestly until this rewatch because there's certain episodes that I go back to all the time in my rewatches or even yeah. just in general when I want to watch Supernatural like I go back to two or three season one episodes but watching the whole season front to back made me remember how many how few duds there are in this season yeah like I'm just looking at the list home faith route 666 um something wicked provenance those are all like some of my favorite episodes how about um maybe I'll I'll, I'll refine this category slightly more um a high of the season like a high episode of the season in terms of character a high in terms of plot and a high in terms of pure like fun enjoyment okay I think I'm just gonna maintain high for characters faith um yeah I think that we've explained that in depth already um and 
yeah, just exploring Dean and Sam both in that episode. Um, I think that's the high for exploring their characters. Mm -hmm. For plot, I might say something wicked, just be, or home, I guess. Mm. I'm thinking of like ones with flashbacks and just like developing the their past. Yeah. Which is a great um, way to look at plot too, because this season also does a lot of, of backwards plot where it goes yeah. into the past. I guess I'll say the high for plot is something wicked um, because it goes back into their past for the first time, really digging into like what their relational dynamics were as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with their dad and with each other and what their relationship has been with hunting since they were little. Um, and I think it just like develops the plot really well. And you, that's the moment I remember that I started to understand like, okay, this is where these people come from. This is why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Like it just fills in a lot of the gaps, I think. Do you have a high, a high for plot? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll do my high for character first and then my high for plot. Um, mm-hmm. I think my high, I'm gonna choose different ones than you chose, even though I yeah. 100% agree with the ones that you chose. So mm-hmm. my high for, um, um, character is going to be actually um, uh, Route 666 because it is giving us a different angle on the brothers for the first time in the season. Um, we get Dean and a past relationship. So we get some idea of more, the more recent history of his character. And we also get Sam um, interacting in a different way with his brother than we've seen prior to this. Um, We get Sam a little bit more um, taking charge. We get um, just some really fun dynamics between the two of them and the way they understand each other and the way they just sort of intuitively get each other. And so I think that's a huge high in terms of character. Um, In terms of plot, um, uh, episode 21, Salvation, um because it really it introduces us to really an exploration of the cult of of demons of um it's kind of expanding the lore on this season it's going this is how big this story is we get to see that whatever has happened in the past whatever happened when mary and jess died whatever happened to sam that's given him these powers it's bigger than the boys have any idea and we start to get the idea that it's going to be this is not going to end with just them killing this demon um that there's some mysteries that are still yet to unfold and I think that episode really brings that to a head and it also brings to a head the combination of the plot and the characters with Sam and John's tensions um Dean and John's tensions we start to actually see them flesh out like we've talked a lot um about how this season's plot line is basically find dad and then find the demon um salvation actually shows us dad the dad in the way that we've been like getting glimpses of him and information we get information about him all season it's really only in the last three episodes that we get to know and actually experience what john is like i don't know if you have a episode that was really fun that you were not expecting. Um, For me, that episode is actually Hell House, which is the first episode with the ghost facers. I had forgotten how just dang funny this episode is. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten how, how well it gives us an opportunity to see the boys being playful and being childish. Um, The lore in that episode is really interesting. The way it's playing off of um, horror tropes is really fun and it's an episode that is like it's the one really light episode of the whole season and I just like thoroughly enjoyed it as a little bit of a break like it's episode 17 it's right before the plot starts ramping back up like we get it right after shadow and right before something wicked it's it's a light episode in the middle of a bunch of heavy ones and I think it does its job really well of giving us the reprieve that we need before the end of the season yeah I agree I think one that I've always found fun is actually Provenance because of Sarah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that that dynamic is just fun, like between her and Sam. Um, 
and Dean teasing him about it too. And um, it's got some really funny moments. It's got some really funny moments and some light moments. And um, the monster is creepy in it, um, but kind of in a funny way almost. It's almost a little hokey. Like, yeah, it is because of the way they do it visually. Yeah. um, And so. And just like, I don't know, it's not that threatening. It's like, it's a painting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they fought um, worse in terms of like Bloody Mary with the mirrors, which is similar in the sense that it's like also like a visual yeah. kind of monster that comes out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloody Mary is terrifying. Provenance yeah. is a little more goofy. Yeah. Um, even like the the like climax of the episode with, you know, burning the doll's hair and stuff like that like I don't know I just it's it's just funny it is funny and that episode is like chock full of like pop culture references Mm -hmm. it's the first time they wear suits and complain about it they have that weird like scene where they're like breaking in to like heist music like it's just like a fun yeah yeah fun that heist scene is fun and um I also know that they had fun shooting it because there's a lot of bloopers from that episode um and so that also makes it more fun for me to watch because I know that they were laughing their way through it oh yeah you know this is not a serious episode where they they had to pull from like their emotional reserves as actors they no they yeah. just like got to dick around and have a good time yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good that's a good I hadn't thought of that one as a as a like just fun one but it, it really is um so next we're going to just touch a little bit on some of the biggest themes from this season, things that really stood out to us um, now that we've gotten to the end of this season where, yeah, we've really enjoyed exploring um, themes of family, themes of family structures. We've talked about gender a lot. We've talked about um, choice a lot. We've talked about revenge a lot. Um so my question for you, Rennie, in terms of themes from this season is, are, is there anything that has really stood out to you as a new thing that you've um, really appreciated from the show now that we've watched the whole season through or themes that you think are more important um, than maybe you'd anticipated um, or just any like new observations as we've, um, we're thinking about this show through We've been talking about it through themes every week. Mm-hmm. Season one is one of my favorite seasons. I think just because it sets the tone for the show. I don't know about new observations. That's a really good question. I think it's just fun to go back to the beginning of the show and find the themes that are so big throughout the rest of the show in the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, you know, brotherhood I think identity is always one that's really fascinated me about this show Mm. just like um you know being being a hunter as your identity being uh, a killer as your identity being a brother um Mm. being a son being um you know a friend I guess um being a hero or being a villain like I just think those all of those identity things are so interesting to explore in this show. And they do explore that really well in the first season. Um, and the boys are wrestling with like, who am I? What is my character? Like, what is my, I guess, purpose? Yeah. Um, you know, cause with Sam, it's like the, all, all the ideas of like, you know, he leaves school and he originally he wants to go back to school and then he decides not to. Um, and so then he's he's the younger brother again, and he's the hunter again, and he's um, the kind of problematic son. <laughs> um, yeah. And and you know with Dean, like he's been on his own for so long, and now he's got a teammate again, and um, family is so important to him. But he's always wrestling with like, am I a good person or not? Mm. Um, and I think that that is a really relatable question that we all ask ourselves all the time. And I really yes. like. I think that that is one thing that I've noticed um, on this rewatch is the those that theme of identity. I love that. Um, and I want to jump off of that too, to say like, we've talked in a lot of episodes about 
um, roles, like both the roles that fit you naturally, both the roles that like fit these characters naturally and the roles that don't fit them and them subverting roles, whether it's in terms of gender or it's in terms of family structure or it's in terms of the way they relate to John, the way they relate to um, people that they're saving, the way they relate to people that they're hunting. Um, we get this whole thing of, of them playing with these different roles and identities and subverting these different roles and identities. And I like what you said about, you know, for Sam, he is coming out of leaving school. He's, he's entirely starting over again. And this is not the first time he's done that. You know, he did, he started over, he set a new identity for himself when he left to go to school. He was like, I'm no longer the hunter, younger brother, you know, angry rebellious son I'm now you know the college student I'm now the normal kid I'm now you know in a lot of ways alone um and now he's not that anymore but he's also not what he used to be as a child and so he's forging this new identity and with Sam in terms of identity now he has all these powers that he doesn't know about and he doesn't know why he has and so he's going he's having to ask those questions and he's asking the questions about you know identity you know, when we think about identity, identity is always often so tied to like, what's my goal? What's my mission? What do I, you know, my identity drives what I think my purpose is. And for Sam, so much of the season is him going, is my purpose revenge? Is my purpose getting back to a normal life? Is my purpose being with my brother? Is it being a hunter? And the end of season one is him kind of culminating in choosing the family and choosing that he'll that's his purpose that's his priority um but he's got to do that wrestling all through the season and he's going to continue to into season two and I love Mm -hmm. that and for Dean you know the role of the good little soldier the role of you know the obedient son but also the role of the like protective brother and then you know in episodes with like Cassie the role of of an identity of you know a a young man who doesn't have a lot of friends who hasn't been able to be vulnerable with people who is connecting with people for the first time like there's so many identities and Dean particularly we see him try on identities and use identities like play with gender and presentation and all these things in order to get get things that he wants or avoid things that he doesn't want and yeah I love the idea of identity and role in this season as just a huge theme that traces all through it. So what we're going to do next is we are going to give away some season awards to characters that have caught our attention in a few different categories. So the rules for this are going to be that uh, characters can win more than one award. So if it makes sense for them to win more than one, they can win more than one. But we will try and spread out these awards. Um, We will... Unless otherwise stated, it can be any character. It is not limited to side characters and it's not limited to main characters. Unless otherwise stated, some of these awards will only apply to side characters or main characters. The only other rule for this is we are both going to nominate a character. If we nominate the same character, they automatically win. If we nominate different characters, we will discuss which one we think really deserves it. Cool. So for our first award is going to be for the best one-off character. This is a character that appears in one singular episode. I'm nominating Layla. I think um, she is the best one-off because she has such an important role in Dean's like over like larger plotline and character arc but she's only in that one episode, but she like really alters the course of his um, like uh, mindset, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she teaches him a lot about faith and she teaches him a lot about like purpose and um, the value of life, I think. Yeah, um, I like that. And so, and I don't know, I just like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I, my nomination is going to be really um, it's not going to be the same character, but it is going to be for some similar reasons because my nomination is actually Cassie Robinson okay. <laughs> from Route 666. And the rationale for that 
again, being the significant role that she plays in Dean's development in this season, it's the first time we really see him be vulnerable. It's the time we see um, a glimpse into what he can be in a relationship. Yeah, she's his one significant pre-series relationship and yeah. gives us a glimpse into him. It gives him as a glimpse into him in a way that we don't see in the rest of the season. Totally. I think though that you, <laughs> I mean, we're choosing between. Okay, here's the thing. The next award on the list is best female character. And I think that Layla and Cassie are also the two nominations for that one. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think we should give this one to Layla. Okay, best one-off to Layla, best female to Cassie. Yes, I think so. So we won't, we, yeah. we won't, even, yeah, okay. So we're going to give best one-off character to Layla. And I think the reason that that actually makes the most sense is because like you said, her, the things she brings up for Dean are the themes that he's going to, are going to track through the rest of the show. Not that Cassie doesn't also do that, but with, especially around themes of like faith and purpose and mm-hmm. worthiness and like yep. salvation, Layla is asking those questions of Dean and like forcing him into those kind of thinking about those questions for himself and that is yeah makes her I think the best best one-off character um and then yes our second award is going to be for best female character and because we have the same two nominations this one we're going to give to Cassie yeah she is and I and just to elaborate on why we're going to give that to Cassie um she is we Hannah and I talked a little bit in a couple of our recent episodes about how unfortunate it is that so many of the female characters are very one-dimensional in this show, especially the one-offs. They exist to be, you know, the kind of the trope of the Madonna or the whore. Um, they're, they're not super well personified and they exist only in relation to the male characters. Yep. Cassie, yes, she exists in this relationship, like, in this show this episode so much in her relationship to Dean however Cassie you know when we first meet her she gets scenes on her own she gets scenes that are independent of her relationship with Dean we get a vivid picture of who she is as a person and the episode even ends with her um not with her pining not with her ooing and aahing over Dean but with her standing on her own two feet moving forward into the next stage of her life and that's more than pretty much any female character gets in Mm -hmm. this season other than maybe Missouri. Our next award is going to be for funniest character. The only one I can think of is the ghost facers and I honestly forget their names right now. Ed and Harry? Yes. Ed and Harry. I think their stuff is just funny and it brings out the comedy in the boys too. Yeah so my my count my counter nomination to that is actually going to be Dean because of, I mean, largely in that episode, but like the cracking jokes, the pop culture references, the, you know, I built it myself. It's homemade. Um, the like <laughs> vampires. I can't, can't believe vampires are real. Like, you know, there's just like all like this under the undercurrent of humor in this season is largely all, well, it's entirely Dean. Sam's Sam is a little bit funny at times. But yeah, like largely really. it's Dean. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think we can give it to Dean. Okay. Because first- overall in the season, he's yeah. definitely the funniest and he carries the comedy throughout the season yes. and, the sh- and the show. And that's one of his really um, valuable like contributions to the show, I think. Our next award is going to be for the scariest character slash monster in this season. Okay. Um, I think my nomination for this is the um, shapeshifter from Skin because A, this month, you know, the conversation between the shapeshifter and the female um, uh, Becky um, in front of the fireplace when he's in Dean's body and like the the really kind of creepy conversation that they have about about being loved and being wanted and being needed it's just like disturbing because it's because it's like the shifter is playing it some of these human desires but in this really twisted way and that I think is what makes him the scariest monster this season 
Um, my nomination is the family from the Benders episode. Okay. Um, I find them like honestly one of the creepiest villains in the whole show, even though they're human. Um, <laughs> and I think Dean says it in the in the episode where he's like, "Ugh, humans are always worse than the monsters." Yeah, he says monsters. He says monsters. I get humans are crazy. Yeah. Um, thank you for that quote. Yeah. So, and I agree with him. I think like the fact that humans are hunting for sport, hunting other humans for sport is the most like disgusting and terrifying thing. Um, and they, that episode has always been one of the scariest episodes for me because of that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that I think we can give this to the benders because, and if we, as we think forward in the show as well, like they're the first human monsters in this yeah. show, but they won't be the last. They're not even really the last in this season of like people who have become twisted. And, yeah. and even in terms of like, when we think of the character, the main characters, as they make choices, we're going to see them also have to wrestle with what choices make me hu- like what, what choices make me more human in the good ways and what choices choices make me more monster and the benders are like a good mirror to that because at, at this point Sam and Dean are just like so appalled by like there's such a big gap um, yeah. but that is going to get murkier yeah totally um, some not some runners up for this award though would definitely be would definitely be the uh, shapeshift from skin but also yeah. bloody mary just yep. in terms of like that, I think is the scariest episode, even if it's not the scariest monster. I agree. Um, and the Striga from Something Wicked, um, because yeah. of a, a thing that sucks life force from children is yeah. just like highly creepy. Totally. Our next award is going to be best older character. This is going to be a character that is above the age of 45. That's the only criteria for this award. Yeah. And I think we agree on who it is. <laughs> yes. Why don't you just say, because we, we, when we talked about this a little earlier, we, we created this category with this character in mind. Yeah. And then we talked about a couple other options of who could win it and then came back to this original character. So I'll let you deliver that, Renny. Yeah. So we think that the best older character in season one is Missouri Mosley yeah. from home. Um, she is... I just love her. I think she's just like such a loving, um, nurturing character. Um, and she brings that kind of peaceful, um, assurance that is such a rare, um, feeling on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's and maternal for, and for the boys. Yeah. She's maternal. Yeah for the boys like they never get that feeling and um they get to feel taken care of by her and reassured by her and and seen by her yeah because literally because of her psychic abilities but also just because of her caring nature yeah she cares about them and and loves them and um even though she doesn't really know them she still you know is very generous and loving towards them so she is and towards that family in that episode too she's just so sweet and helpful and um really caring and uh I think that she reaches people in a way that not a lot of characters on this show do Mm -hmm. because she's like like she's psychic but she's also just so very human and you get the impression that the way that she always operates is is human first psychic second like her 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 psychic abilities enhance her ability to be human in Uh the kindest way not the other way around and that's really really lovely so following up with best older character our next award is going to go to the our most unlikable character in this season which I do think we'll both agree on is John. Correct? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna give this one to John. I mean, he was gonna win yeah. an award. It was never going to be a a great award. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think we've had. I mean, this comes up in almost every episode. Any episode John has mentioned, we've ended up talking about John's impact across this season. Um. And you know, John's really interesting, but he's also quite unlikable. Like the way we don't meet him until almost like three quarters of the way through the season. We don't meet him in person, but every instance we get reference to him, you know, 
we get this tension between Dean and Sam's perception of him. We get this sort of desperation on both their parts to find him. We get him ignoring their calls. We get him dodging them. We get him not showing up when they desperately need him. And then when we meet him, he's an ass. <laughs> like he's not kind. He's not nice. He is pretty unlikable, even as he's really important to the, the story. The fact, the fact that Dean knows that Yellow Eyes is not John um, because he's too nice to him just says a lot about John as a character and as a human. And um, yeah. And also I think the flashbacks show us how terrible John is as well. Mm -hmm. He yeah. really neglected his children and was abusive to them in that way. Um, and he was not liked by other hunters. Like if this category is about the most unlikable character, like he's pretty universally not liked by hunters, even hunters who trust him, even hunters who give him information, even hunters who help him. Nobody yeah. seems to like really like him. Even Bobby. Bobby doesn't even like him and they're like, they're good friends. Yeah. Or presumably were. Seems like most of that, most of his friends in this season. So yeah, there you go, John. That's the award you get this season. You won an award. <laughs> Um, following up that award, we're going to do an award for the character with the most opportunity to change. This is, could be seen positively or negatively. This could be characters with, with the most opportunity for a positive arc and, or the character with the most opportunity for a negative arc. Hmm. That's a cool, um, award. It's funny. I was actually thinking about John when I wrote this award, but I'm not sure that he is necessarily the one who's going to get it because we actually see him pretty static across the whole season we don't actually see john change yeah we don't actually see much much shift in him i think i'll nominate sam okay um he's the first one i thought of when i read that when i saw that category um i think that sam because we start the season with him at school mm -hmm. um and wanting to be a lawyer I think he, you know, becoming a hunter, becoming a brother again, but in a way that he never has been before, um, working as a team member with Dean and a partner, um, becoming uh, a different kind of son to John and, and like a different kind of man, I think, in relation mm -hmm. to his father, um, somebody who um I guess finds what he has in common with his dad but also stands up for himself and also um, rejects it yeah exactly and and stands with Dean um when it matters I don't know I just I think that he's you know in the past we know that he's kind of just been this rebellious um kind of hot-headed, like wanting to be normal really badly, um, rejecting his whole family um, and his history. And now throughout the season, we see him change a lot. And I think that that gives him the opportunity to continue changing. Mm, I like that. I agree with that. I, I don't have a, I don't have a character that I think fits that nearly as well as Sam. Great. He gets it. He gets it. There you go. We've given away one award to each of the Winchesters at this point. It may not be the only one, but that's what we've yep. done. Um, so next award goes to the character we most like to see back. Um, I'm talking more around one-off characters than recurring characters, but if they recurred only a couple of times, they could also be eligible for this award. And this is a personal one. I think this one, we're going to give this award times two if we give have different ones, because this is personally, who would we like to see back the most? Um, mine is Cassie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. That's, I mean, for obvious reasons. Yeah. I'm going to, I because you did Cassie, I'm actually going to take that opportunity to Oh, uh, I mean, I just think that she, there could have been a lot done with her um, and there could have been a lot done with her and Dean. Um, and we talked about that in, in that episode. Um, so if, if listeners want to know more about that, they can listen to that episode because we talked about it at length. But yes, I definitely yeah. think that she has a lot of potential um, in the larger plot and in the character development of mm -hmm. Dean. Yeah. Um, so because you've nominated Cassie, I am going to actually nominate uh, Lucas from Dead in the Water, the child, because yeah. I think that would have also been a fascinating character. To, that would be a fascinating character to see come back. Um, Dean has such an interesting connection with him. They both have interesting 
relationships to parental figures and to trauma. Um, I would have loved to have, I would love to see them need to them get to interact with Lucas in some way again, whether it's on another hunt, whether Lucas reaches out to them. Um, you know, even if it's a few years down the road and Lucas is older, I think that could have been, that could be a fascinating character to see back. And I would love to see that dynamic of Dean with a, with a child mm-hmm. again, because it really is one of my favorite dynamics on the show. Yeah, I agree. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, can I add something about Cassie? Yes. Add something about Cassie. Because I've only explained like her value in terms of Dean. I also think that she's valuable on her own. She's a reporter and um, yeah, she could have brought like, so much. She could that, would so be, much. that would be so cool in the context of the show for them to have a reporter kind of on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, helping them like you know she knows how to investigate she knows how to find uh information that people are trying to hide <laughs> she has access um, to resources yeah exactly. she has probably contacts with people that could help um she could have been a connection point to a lot of other helpful people I just think um and she's obviously a very interesting female character which we lack on the show mm-hmm. um and so I think she would add a lot of value if she came back yeah I absolutely agree So our next award goes to the one-off character we think is most likely to come back. The previous award was about the character we'd most like to see back ourselves. This one is about who we think, based on the plot, based on the writing, who do we think is likely to come back? This isn't fully a one-off character, but um, I would say the Yellow-Eyed Demon um, is most likely to come back because in the finale, we leave it with um, him leaving John's body and then we don't know where he went. So yeah that story isn't over um, yeah uh, yeah I think he's most likely to come back I yeah I don't think I have anything that can top that I think that's absolutely who's most likely to come back I don't think we can I don't think that story has been satisfyingly resolved and yeah. we very clearly indicated that by the writing yeah next award is for the most tragic character of this season my nomination for this is Max from Nightmare obviously his entire story is tragic. He has powers that are unexplained. He experiences a ton of abuse and trauma and he doesn't survive. Um, he's, and, and we get this mirror in this episode of, of Sam reflecting on his own experiences, um, their experiences with their dad, that though their experiences with John were terrible, it, even compared to what Max went through alone, um, Max's story is just tragic. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I don't have I don't have a better nomination. I think that's definitely it. Yeah, and I wanted and I wanted um, to be able to talk about Max a little bit in somewhere in this <laughs> recap because um, it's a one it's a it's a one up episode that has a ton of implications for the rest of for the next arc of the show. Um, we're going to get to find out more about. Um, the link between Max's powers and Sam's powers. Those are unanswered questions at this point, but um, that's something that we're gonna discuss a lot in season two. Our, we have three awards ne- left. First off, we have the character with the most interesting arc. I'm gonna nominate Sam for this one again, because I think that kind of for the, some of the same reasons you talked about in the character with the most opportunity to change. Sam, we have all these mysteries. We have the mystery of why is he so linked to Mary and Jess's deaths? Why does he have these powers? What even are these powers? Um, and, you know, what is Sam going to do when they do catch, when they, if they, if and when they actually manage to kill the yellow-eyed demon? Um, what happens then for Sam? Sam's indicated that he wants to go back to school. Sam's indicated that he doesn't want to be a hunter, but we, he's getting dragged further and further in. So I think his arc is going to be really interesting going forward. And then this season itself, his arc is like wild and all over the place. But I'd be yeah, interested I, if you think of anyone else, if you can think of anyone else with a really interesting arc. I agree with you. I think that he has the most, the only other person I would nominate would be Dean. But I think um, just because I always think Dean yeah, has interesting character stuff happening, but in season one, for sure, it's Sam. And I think Dean's is interesting because if we were talking about like plot arcs, I think Sam has the most interesting plot arc, yeah. but in terms of like emotional character. arc, mm-hmm. 
they both, I think, have strong claims on it, on an interesting emotional arc of yeah. how they're processing through family and choice and loyalty and revenge. And both of them are doing really interesting things with that. But yeah, I think for this one, Sam, Sam gets it. Yeah, I agree. So our next award is Best Hunter. We meet a number of hunters in this season. We meet the Winchesters, we meet Pastor Jim, we meet Bobby, we meet um, uh, a couple of others as well. I think at this point it's Dean. Cause okay. he, cause he, um, he's been doing it the longest but he still has his humanity. John's been doing it a long time but he does not have his humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam hasn't been doing it for a very long time. So he's kind of getting his feet back with it. And you can see that happening in this season. Dean just has really strong instincts that are usually right. And that's um, true. That's super true. I also think that he knows how to read people and communicate with people on a level that they need. Like mm-hmm. I'm even thinking of like Wendigo at the very beginning when he's talking to that family, those siblings, like he just really understands them and knows how to talk to them and like, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he doesn't fight them on coming with coming to look for their brother because yeah. he know he knows that he would want to go if if he were them. Like I don't know. I just think he he knows how to relate to the people that they're helping. Yeah, he's really well well rounded as a hunter as well. For yeah. the fact that he's only twenty six, um, yeah. he's strategic. He has really good instincts. He's really good with even just the practical elements of the weapons that they use. Yeah. Um, He's got this wealth of information in his head, but also knows how to look for it in other places. He's really good socially to find information. He's like the most best well-rounded hunter of this season for sure. Yeah, I think he, so. Oh, he I has John's journal memorized basically. Yeah, I mean, my when when I, I was going to, you know, nominate Bobby as the other potential for this, but I think- Totally. Um, mainly because I think Bobby, we see Bobby as a wealth of information, but we don't see him hunting. We see him sharing information and strategizing with the boys. We don't really get to see um, the extent of his hunting skills. Um, I think in season two, we're going to get to experience a bit more of Bobby and we're going to get to um, see him as a bit more of a hunter. Right now he's a hunter resource, but so I think, I think you're right. I think this one goes to Dean. But Bobby's a good shout out because, yeah, he he knows um, so much. He's a totally wealth of information. Yeah. And he teaches them some pretty basic things in this season that they will use the rest of the show. Yes. Yeah. He's he's the most helpful resource that they have for sure. Yeah. So, you know, runner up for that category. Yeah. Um, and our last award is going to be for the MVP of the season. This one's going to be a, this one's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a nomination. I think that I'd split it between Sam and Dean. Yeah, I think honestly that one is going to be, I think that's, I'm going to agree with you there, as anticlimactic as that is. Yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, Dean drives the emotional plot forward of this season and Sam drives the the practical, like the, the actual plot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of this season relies on the interplay between those two things between the the hunt for for revenge and the search for john and the um sam and dean learning to be brothers again so much of that they're all wrapped up in each other and and um and both sam and dean have moments of being the best hunters in the room of being Mm -hmm. the um catalysts for saving people hunting things like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think the way the show is set up they're definitely co-leads you know and yeah the story is centered around the two of them and it can't happen without one of them yeah and um, I I was interested when we started doing this rewatch and doing this podcast um because I you know we we knowing the plot of season one knowing how much of it relies on the revenge plot of for Sam on his arc with his powers um, and knowing that when the show was created um, 
I think there was an emphasis on Sam's character arc and Sam's plot arc as really driving the show in the f- this first season, particularly. Um, and so I was interested to see as we watched it, if, if it would feel like Sam is more of the main character. And, and I think in some ways the writing on its own might have done that, but mm-hmm. the way it's acted, the nuance that Jensen brings to hit to Dean's character, the subtle things they write in, in terms of the emotional arcs, like really makes them those co-leads in a, I think this is why the show works so well in this first season. And I think the chemistry they naturally have and like the rapport that they have, you can tell as human beings, they really are on the same wavelength. And um, they feel authentically like brothers. Yeah. Uh, Even very early on in this, even by the second or third episode, they feel very authentically like brothers, which is is, like impressive. from both of them. So we'll give them both MVP of the season. Yeah. That concludes our awards ceremony for season one of Supernatural. Uh, stay tuned. We will be doing this at the end of every at the end of every season with these categories. So if you disagree with some of the awards that we gave out, um, send us a message or a voicemail and we'll we'll have a lively debate about it. Um, when we get to the end of season two, maybe we'll take some of listener nominations as well for these awards. going into our last segment for today's recap episode what are we excited for going into season two again I've collected a few answers from a few different co-hosts about yeah what we're looking forward to what do you think is going to happen next um well, I'm really looking forward to when uh, when Seth and Denver uh, get their get their father out of the oh. father Jeff out of the car and um, Seth that's, and Denver. That's their names, right? I'm just gonna leave an uncomfortable <laughs> silence there. <laughs> quick, I'm just gonna try to put my quick crickets in there. <laughs> Seth yeah, and Denver. Yeah, Saul and David, right? It's, I don't know. I think eventually someone will die in the show. You think eventually someone will die in the show? Yeah. I mean... Do you have a prediction for which episode? There are 22 episodes in the second season. When someone, when someone like significant to the show, like significant. really significant, like, like, is that what you mean by someone's going to die? You think it's someone like if we're going to have a significant character death or did you just mean, because like there's been well, death in basically every episode. Well, yeah, no, I think I, I'm sure... Papa's gonna get on skates for a whole nother season to, you know, because what there's how many? There's fifteen. Fifteen seasons. seasons. So yeah, they they have to you know really push the limits with this show. I'm sure. So stretch it out as much as humanly possible so that people get bored of it eventually, and then they have to bring everything back, and then they actually make it interesting again for the last couple of seasons. <laughs> then they use the the points of nostalgia to bring people back into it, and then they finally finish it. Did I get that right? Actually, remarkably, remarkably correct. Yeah, it's that. almost like I know how TV works. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, stay tuned. You will see. Perfect. <laughs> what are you excited for for season two? For what happens in the show? For our discussions? What are you looking forward to? Uh, sort of the evolution of the plot. I'm excited for it to start getting a little bit batshit. Um, yeah. Season the two whole is first great for it's, plot. It's like this, the plot of season one is like real simple. It is. And it's because, and I know you, you made this point fairly early on, very, very early on, um, but they have to get us invested in the brothers, in hunting, in the whole sort of basic premise. And that's how they lure us into there's something bigger happening. And now that we're there, right, we're sold. We're sold on Sam and Dean. We're sold on Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sold on whatever, however this is going to play out. We're in. So now they're like, okay, great. You understand the basic premise. There's so much more happening. And I love that. I'm excited for it. So excited for it. So Renny, what are you looking forward to in season two? <laughs> I made some notes about this last night that um, are kind of funny. 
<laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> well, one of the things I wrote was Dean becoming less misogynistic and toxic masculinity and more of a whole person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm excited for that as well. <laughs> I love that he is the adjective toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited that we are going to continue to have many conversations about Dean slash gender. Yep. As many episodes as possible. Yeah, he definitely, um, yeah, gender and Dean are very co-intertwined. Mm-hmm. Always leaves us with lots to explore. Yeah, um, and that continues throughout the series, and I think it's really interesting and um his character develops in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, knowing the plot, I think season two has really interesting, you know, me, I'm, you know, I, I love character stuff. And I think season two has really interesting character development for both brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really goes into those themes of identity, actually, um, pretty deeply. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of what season two is about. And there's, um, yeah, a lot of cool exploration of their relationship. And, um, I guess like, what, what, what would I, what am I willing to sacrifice for family? That kind Mm -hmm. of question comes up a lot more. Um, they start to, they, I like the, how they explore them understanding each other more and like how they experience the same childhood really differently. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and it shapes them into who they are and also becoming independent without their dad and um just because season two is not is less about dad Mm -hmm. um and so I just think that that is a really interesting um they get to become more independent and they get to become more of their own people and more separate from him um yeah for sure yeah and then I think realizing the importance about not being single-minded about revenge also yeah um is really interesting and um they definitely explore that a lot in season two Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think one of the things I'm most excited for is the end of season one we see kind of the culmination of um their choices leading to Sam having to make a choice between John and Dean between this mission of revenge and this priority of family and he chooses Dean and so I'm interested to see to explore kind of the fallout of that in Mm -hmm. terms of their season two arc especially um with what we're going to see in the season two premiere and what we're going to see information that's going to start to get um, revealed about Sam, about these powers, um, mm-hmm. is going to really complicate the way that they relate to each other and the choices that they make. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Like I'm excited to see the plot get more complex because, um, season yep. one's plot is actually pretty simple. Season two's plot is a lot more complicated. There are a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more, um, lore, both mm-hmm. about the hunting world and also about the supernatural world and also about, you know, the Winchesters and their family. And all of those things are really fun to watch, really fun to watch unfold. And I'm excited to get to talk about them every week with y'all. Yeah. And I, I, one of the things I love about season one is how small the world is, but I also mm-hmm. love that they grow the world. Yes. Um, that they're very natural big. progression. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really cool how they do that and that's a cool part of season two yeah I'm excited because yeah I think it is a really good progression because season one we really need to focus on just the Winchesters on just the basics of hunting on just how do these characters interact with each other and then in season two we're going to get more of them interacting with the larger world and them being a little more out of their element and they've teased at that in season one with episodes on demons with episodes on vampires and season two we're really going to get to see them mm-hmm. interact with a world that they know and don't know and I yeah. and I'm excited I'm also just excited for a lot of the characters that I know are coming in season two um there's going to be some really cool relationships that are going to start to get explored and some fairly significant characters that are going to be introduced and I just cannot wait to talk about them 
So yeah. that is going to conclude our show for today. Thank you so much to Rennie for joining me for our season one recap. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. To all of our listeners, thank you for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. Next week, we will be kicking off season two by discussing season two, episode one, In My Time of Dying, through the theme of family. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit queeringthingspodcast.com.